0: Hello and welcome to the Truck and Driver Podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin. I'm Chris Madison. It's Monday night and it's a bit later than normal because we've both been super busy. Uh, what have you been up to anyway today?
1: Oh, just the day of the call, face. Where you think you're going to be home for five and you get home at nine. I don't yeah. want to name names, implicate the guilty. <laughs> anyway, just another day.
0: You can't fail to have noticed everything. The news is all about coronavirus.
1: No, I yeah. spotted that.
0: A bit of hysteria, you know. Everybody's bulk buying toilet roll for no obvious reason. It must be some sort of
1: psychological thing. But... Yeah, I think they'd be panicked buying food first, if they are going to go get hurled up. And toilet roll would just come at, you know, an obvious second. But I've, uh, I called in up first and my way on for a couple of bottles of Farmer's Blonde. And I did notice, it's true, I thought it might be internet nonsense, but it is actually true. There was very little toilet roll to be had in place. oddly. All the food shelves are stacked out, but the bog roll, well, it's all gone.
0: Yeah, it's a curious one. um, I suppose you've got to look at the implications for transport, because some government official had already said, oh, we'd be prepared to relax the tachograph laws for lorry drivers if this got difficult, and I don't see why, what that's gonna do for anything. You know, but they're usually complaining, you're tired lorry drivers and all that sort of thing. And it's like, all right, okay, so now you're going to allow them to brand the rules when it when it suits you.
1: Yeah, old well, Jerry, foot and mouth, that it's, um, you know, oh, you lads on tankers and you lads on the blood job. Crack oh, on, you know, you're fine. Ditto back in the day when um, Yorkshire ran completely out of water in about 1993. Everybody and his dog bought a tanker, rented a tanker or converted a shit tanker into a water tanker, and we were all t- tankering water from Selby across to Alt Lane and tipping into Scamondon Dam and various places around Yorkshire. Everybody around here made silly amounts of money and we didn't have to worry about things like tackers.
0: That's a good thing to know that somebody had used a tanker that had been used to cart shit
1: and you converted it into a water tanker. Yeah, it was a Lee Environmental tanker. It was a nasty old Lee tanker. And it um, I mean, granted, it had to be purged about seven times at Hoyers before they give it a certificate, but it got one in the end. <laughs> I'll tell you what, what, that'll
0: not be happening anymore. You're running out of water, it's done nothing. It's tanking it down here. It's done nothing but rain as per usual. But I suppose, I mean, with the the virus thing, Italy's going on to lockdown there. So I suppose the concern is that you can't get stuff imported into the country, like the containers are maybe going to take a hit off of this because they won't be coming into the country at the same rate. So that could have an effect on things. And I suppose... Certain items might get difficult to come by if they're all made in China and stuff.
1: So. Yeah, well, I think everything's made in China, to be fair, isn't it? Apart from Ferraris, probably. But your deep-sea stuff from China's already stopped coming in en masse because the factories have been shut down. We've all been hiding in their, um, in their houses. Mm. So that's, I think that's pretty much what's going on. But China's topped out, haven't they, with the infection rate. It's levelled out and it's it's just tabloid, and It's going to start dropping away, they think, so...
0: Hmm. Well, There's Chinese. nothing There's nothing you can really do about it apart from your personal responsibility whereby hmm. you wash your hands like you're supposed to anyway and things I would definitely recommend I, I always used to carry, well I still do, the antibacterial kitchen wipes I always used to carry them in a truck and clean steering wheels and gear levers Aye. and handles because if it was a
1: multi-occupancy vehicle then it would generally just be hanging Delightful that yeah, Oh yeah. I think really now all this about your personal responsibilities is just common sense. You just do what you'd normally do when you've got kids. You don't want to be touching anything anywhere during or outside an outbreak of anything. You just are clean generally when you've got kids. Well, they were
0: saying as well because it was in the, there was a couple of things going around in the news saying, you know, why should drivers shouldn't be made to go and sit in these waiting rooms with steamed up windows? and things, because they'll just be a breeding ground for germs. They should be allowed to sit in their cabs and things. So when you go into Tesco or whatever else it is, Sainsbury's, pick an RDC, you should be allowed to sit in your cab during this outbreak, which is fair enough. And if they're allowed, they can do that anyway, then they should just have a move towards letting drivers sit in their trucks more, because it's it's generally safer.
1: All that bollocks about, you know, he's going to pull away from the bay and he's going to take a forklift truck with him. He's not, is he? If you've got chocks under wheels and you've taken his red airline off and put a red airline lock on, anybody could sit in a cab and do whatever he likes. Yeah, exactly. This.
0: I, I went to there was a place I went to a few times at Skelmersdale, I think, and it it would lock the trailer wheels. You'd reverse into the things, and these metal bars would come in and lock the wheels, so the thing physically couldn't move. Can't remember where that was. Used to get chocolate out it, loaded front to back, with, like. Cadbury stuff but that would physically lock you into position so the trailer couldn't move out
1: yeah that's what I load at every time I ring you and you're not at home when I'm in Livingston that's the same you back up that and it locks you in that's you done you're not going anywhere until they let you back out so
0: a good idea because well mm-hmm. see if it did, if the virus did break out and get in among a few drivers and things imagine that got in about one of the big fleets and things and then they'd had to go and quarantine loads of people and then it spreads from one to another and then your f- supply chain which is already only just operating with enough drivers in it starts to get locked down what are they go what they're going to do about that and that could be hmm, interesting times ahead our company is getting well, not just our company, but a lot of companies that are involved in events and things are starting to look forward now because there's obviously the Six Nations Rugby has been put back until October, yeah. the final round. But I mean, personally, we've got TipX, the CV show, all the truck racing events, and that's just us. And then you've got all the concerts and all the
1: yeah other
0: major events coming up. If they start cancelling them, then that's going to not be good for the economy at all, which um, would not be good because I went down and moving on. I was down in Harrogate last week, looking at the setup for Tipex, um, where we've got the and we've been granted the road closure. So the triangle of grass and the road out the front of the place that's all belongs to truck and driver for getting the trucks in there. And we've had a really good uptake on it. We've got ten trucks coming, and I've been shown where the bar is and where the barbecue is and these lovely places around. Harrogate and I'm like this is going to be fantastic so I just hope there's nothing nothing comes up to go and affect any of that but there's nothing anybody can do about it if if it is really
1: yeah no, they're all looking forward to that I have to be I have to be truthful I've been speaking with a couple of boys this week we're you know, all making plans to sack an afternoon off and get there in good time on the Friday and get polished up and get parked up in a respectable manner before we drag you into Harrogate and show you the seething flesh spots of North Yorkshire.
0: <laughs> it looked very, very, well, because I, I drove about it a bit and it does look rather uh, posh, I must say. It does, It's an unusual place to have a, a truck event, so that's going to be good, that. There's a, an awful lot of stuff happening there. Feldbinder have got a bar and apparently they're going to be delighted because your friend is bringing a brand new Feldbinder tank, so we'll be in the good books for that.
1: Yeah. It's a lovely thing. I mean, I'm not a tank pervert by any stretch of the imagination, but that thing that Matt's got behind his murk is a delight. I think it's the biggest powder tank in the country, and it's um, apparently this gets tanker drivers deeply emotional. It's got automatic self-opening and closing lids. Oh, oh yeah. So I've seen a little video of said lids opening and closing. It's very nice, very slick. No, it's-
0: Good that is. a cracking set of trucks we've actually got coming yeah. along to that because I, I had to ask about three times before anybody responded and then all of a sudden it went crazy and I've got loads of good stuff a nice mix of eight wheelers and tippers and tankers and it does look to be a good day out and it's I would say to anybody that's listening it's free as well to go to that and it does genuinely look like quite a good day out um it's not somewhere I've been for a few years but uh, it's. The driver's day is the thirtieth of May, but the event is on for the two days previous to that. So on from the Friday night and the Saturday, truck and driver will be out the front with a load of amazing trucks, which will be good. I wonder if
1: we could record mine. And yours. <laughs> amongst, amongst all the amazing stuff to be mine. Recording. And be, yeah.
0: we'll be recording our um record might go and live record the podcast there. If we can work out what equipment we need to go and do it. Or maybe we could drag Ben along, the producer, yeah. and be he wants to come to Harrogate hmm, If he's feeling brave. <laughs> What else did I do last week? Mileage. Mileage. Oh, well, I did because it, I, um, I was going down to Harrogate and then I was going down to Gloucester to see a driver called Brian who's been driving for Morton C, Cullimore since the 60s, I think. He's been there for about 50 years. But it was a long way to go. to just do one thing and i put a random post up about ERFs saying, oh, I'm looking for a nice ERF EC for a, in a couple of issues time. And then all these amazing ERFs got posted up because... British lorry, enthusiasts, sadists, whatever you want to call them. There are so many guys still running ERF ECs. And so I went down to visit Robert Gassar, who um, has been pretty good value on Facebook over the last year or so with his fleet of ERFs. I went down to see him and see what he was up to. And that was quite interesting.
1: He's got some tackle, isn't he? I'll give him that. He's got all sorts, hasn't he? Yards full of them.
0: He has, he's now being contacted by people to go and do work on ERFs, he's got that chap, there was a truck that some steel came off a trailer and went through the back yeah. of the guy's cab and he's fixing that for him and he's got another two or three projects in the yard and he's also got three of his own ECs and I didn't realise one of the ones he's got, he drove it when it was just a few years old for a company called Whistles. And then he bought it off them, and his plan is to go and work them, provided he gets his operator licence later this year. And I'm thinking, you know, you can't, you can't go and work some old ERFs these days. And I'm like, little... I mean, you, could, you really could, if you want to, as long as you don't go into any low emission zones.
1: They'll... Yeah, I'm going to say, if you, as long as you've got hmm. plenty of loose change in your pockets to get yourself in and out of all these zones, yeah.
0: Depends where you're going. Are you familiar with the... You have you ever had any dealings with ECs?
1: No. I have to be yeah. honest, because
0: it's, it's it's like the definitive, like pure British lorry. It was the last of its breed. The, the ECX wasn't around for long enough, so. No. You've got these. You've got quite a number of companies dotted all over the country that are still running them, and are showing no intention of giving them up. And uh, Robert had said to me, he said originally when these trucks were on the road, they were designed to be double shifted for five years and thrown away, and now mm. some of them are twenty-five years old, so. You've got to, yeah. you've got to give them some credit for something that was considered a plastic pig
1: <laughs> that is still yeah. going today. Some of those I drove when I were at you know when I were at college. I said last week I drove for Colin Barrett. You know some of those are still firing up and down now. They're on tankers with airtex liner jobs. You know they're still working hard. They're still there, same ones. So I didn't really appreciate at the time that they were going to be such a big movement following the ERFs because mid 80s there were no you know it was no big deal No, we, I mean, everybody assumed that ERF would just evolve like every other company and keep going and then obviously it didn't did it, it uh, No, got the, it got the uh, acts of justice but I mean at the time I didn't give a monkey's about Foden's either so no, but, it's funny how these things take
0: you the thing with the EC the 90s were the last generation of truck where you could just assemble a truck in a, big, in a big shed in Northern England. Beyond that, it started to get too complicated. So it is like they couldn't have gone, they just couldn't have gone any further being like a, a brand that's only really sold in Britain and limited other markets. But the truck seems to polarise opinion a bit. You get people that really, really love them. And I noticed a few people had popped up when I posted it and said oh, they, they didn't like them. And I think there were quite a lot of nasty fleet ones about. And of course, there was the twin splitter gearbox, which would have been a source of, a great deal of misery if you didn't know how to use one, but I was—I've been surprised because I've been out in—I was out in the EC 11 that Ramsey White had, Robin Johnson's EC 14, Richard Turner's EC 12 for the cat engine, and Robert Gasser's one. And I'm always surprised how comfortable and how big the cabs are on them. But they're all—they're yeah. all, they're all examples that have been well looked after, and I would imagine that some of the fleet ones back in the day would have been pretty horrendous hmm. the only thing that really really dates them inside is that ludicrous massive two-spoke steering wheel that yeah. really makes it look it would have made it look old at the time i suppose
1: yeah i think they look better than ecx you know ecx must been more modern i think bloody awful things i borrowed one i once tipped five liters of uh, screenwash over in footwell on mine i tipped cab one saturday morning and as soon as cab went over i remembered i thought oh no oh god no and i saw the blue death running out the door and it had um it gone under floor to suspension ecu and it was all all hell broke loose so um local garage new mill lent me their um, ecx and i have to say it was the most unhappy day at work i've had in 20 years it was a bloody awful thing awful dashboard from hell that great big sticky out with it middle in you know, a yes. sensible purpose. It doesn't
0: look if you look at the E C and the E C X, the E C yeah. has got a kind of bit in the middle of it, but it is actually a nicer looking thing inside yeah. than the ECX was I think they were Yeah they were very hurried with the development of it with all the changes of M A N coming yeah. in and then of course M A N it wasn't a particularly uh, well developed truck. But having said that there's still a few of them knocking about. Yeah. God knows. As well. Maybe they remember- could have been developed.
1: It would have been 96, 97, perhaps. I think I would, probably first year at college, I'm not sure. And we went to Drift, and the ERF dealer were there, and they'd got half a dozen motors. And I, it was the first time I'd ever managed to get myself into an Olympic EC. And I thought, what a tool. You know, there were amongst scanners and the rest of it, but I got into that EC, and it, I don't know if it was Sovereign. It was a special model, and it, it might have been a mm. Sovereign. They have Just a VH- some
0: VHS player on it, and
1: yeah, a big yeah. telly
0: and all that. Yeah,
1: you've got your little bizarre telly up in the top corner yeah. and all this. And mm-hmm. it, it was a lovely thing. You know, the interior on that was marvellous. I think they are a fine looking tool. I really do. But the ECX, you can keep those. You can ship them all off to Africa. I
0: suppose they weren't really about for that long. I do wonder. i I was fortunate. I got to visit JCB uh, right at the start mm. of twenty fourteen because they run a fleet of absolutely yeah. immaculate ERFs and. I think I just contacted them and said, oh, oh, can I come and like, do an article? And they said, yes, please come down. So we've got the full factory tour and the museum and everything. And I quite, yeah. my first love, I think, when I was about three years old was probably a JCB before anything else. Because I used to, yeah. my parents had bought a house and a building site. Everyone was getting built around it. And I remember seeing them all the time. So but with JCB being the worldwide brand that they are, I do wonder in retrospect if they kind of wish that they'd been able to buy ERF for a low price. And I think that's the only possible way, looking back, that you would have still had a British truck manufacturer yeah. as if JCB had stepped in to do something. <laughs> and then, of course, I've gone from ERS And then on Friday, I was in the office at East Kilbride doing some editing work. And I got an email from Steve Hobson, the editor of Motor Transport, and I said, um... There's an an MAN TGX desperately needing to get to a port to go to Africa for trans-aid, and uh, there's nobody that can do it. And I was like, oh, that's just exactly the sort of stupid thing that I would spend my Saturday doing. So I went and scooped up photographer Steve McCann, drove to Leicester, the Samworth brothers, to get this TGX, and then back up to Clipper Logistics at somewhere in the northeast England near Middles, but I can't even remember to drop it off and then go home. So it was a 760 mile round trip in 15 hours. Well, it was a TGX 440, which was the truck that had, um the one with the really bad engine problems with the EGR and yeah. everything. And I've since found out that that truck had its engine replaced, hence the reason it was kept for longer. So yeah. it's going it's going out to Africa. Originally in the emails, they said it was a five-year-old truck. And I was like... <gasps> A five-year-old truck going to Africa, that's a Euro six. That's a really exciting development. Then when I got there, I was like, oh. Yeah. But I drove it. I, I was in it, yeah, in it Samworth, who were, um, the, the lady who eventually came and speak to me. spoke to me was lovely. I had to, like, hang about at the transport desk for about 10 minutes and clear my throat and go, <coughs> and excuse me, because they clearly thought I was somebody in from the agency. <laughs> so yeah. I don't deserve to be spoken to. Um. But then once we got the truck, it was all right. And I reacquainted myself with the AS Tronic automatic gearbox, which
1: is it's just... never a good thing.
0: Oh, just, these were the trucks that when I, I passed my test 10 years ago. So these were the trucks that were about at the time. And I jumped any time I got in one. I was I cannot understand who anybody would prefer one of these because the MAN automatic was, it was worse than the Iveco and it was worse than the DAF. I couldn't get it over a speed bump, when I got it to clipper. <laughs> there was like no, no, th- there was no throttle control on it, and I was like pushing the throttle further and further down, thinking I'm going to go straight through. I'm going to go straight through his gate here. Oh, but I tell you what, automatic trucks have come such a phenomenally long way in the mm. last ten years. After I mean, obviously, once it was in the motorway, it was the same old TGX. It was extremely comfortable, just sat at fifty-three miles an hour yeah. and trundled on. But it's kind of a custom couldn't hack that sitting at 52, 53, is bad enough. People
1: yeah, I'm like no. at 54.
0: You stick at 54.
1: Yeah, I have no choice. That's where we're at. And um,
0: oh, is, yours not, is yours like limited to that from the factory?
1: Yeah, I guess so. It's. Um, I suppose it's delightful. your diesel as well. well no, no, one. no, no. I'm not one of those. I would like to crack on. I really would like All to right. crack well, because, on. But I, um, I because I can't do it with it. It's got to go to somebody with a Cummins computer because he's S- speed limiters are altered through but somebody with a bit of Paris can do that. It's not just handy for home for mm. that, really, is it?
0: And I said, well, Parry's and Shropshire must be able to do that because when I got my Ford in <laughs> last year, it was doing fifty-five miles an hour, and I thought ah, I'm going to go and sort this out. So I went and got myself a brand new set of BF Goodrich drive axle tires. Took it to Volvo uh, and said, make it do fifty-six miles an hour, and the guy said, no problem at all because I'm not wanting any so uh, well. I hadn't gone and got my tires. Well, I mean, I'd gone to Volvo, said, make it do 56. So he did, took it around the corner to get my tires on. They put it on and it was doing 54 miles an hour. <laughs> so it got slower with a new set of tires. Right. And much, many inquiries were made. And as it turns out, you need to get into the Caterpillar computer on it. Yeah. Um, and Parry's, TJ Parry of Shropshire, who were a big Foden agent and can still deal with them, can do it. But they had to get an authorization code from caterpillar and they had to have somebody from caterpillar there at the time to do it which is becoming a real lost art now because the trucks are getting so rare yeah. but thankfully they were able to do it and now my truck does um yeah 56 miles an hour because that's all trucks can legally do by law
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> is that why there's a vapor trail off it when it's coming down m6 56 56 and a bit
0: but no, they were, they, were able, they were able to do it. And I think the Caterpillar is a bit more complicated than the Cummins. So if mm. you did if you did want that uh, done, ever, that would be the place to get your speed limiter tweaked up yeah, if you well, own a Foden or, oh, well, I suppose an ERF as well, if it's got a Caterpillar engine. Everybody's you know, friend,
1: Dan Mountain, has a man in Ashbourne that can um, speak to the Cummins. But so far, we've not got anywhere with that chap either. And mm. um, Andy Thorpe of the gorgeous EC in um, Gainsborough. Yep, he nice. has um, a chap from Cardiff who comes up and fiddles with his for him from time to time. But again, he's not been up for any recent fiddling, so I've not had it done.
0: I've got Google <clears throat> Alerts set up on my phone. I probably mentioned it the other week. For lorries and trucks and things, so you got all the stories that are going about and who's been in trouble this week. And there was two lorry stories for uh, guys getting in trouble and it just yeah it just goes to show that you really need to watch what you're doing when you're out in the road in a truck because you don't get any sympathy for anything and you can be perceived to be doing something even when you're not. The first one was there was a bad accident on the M6 around 41 and the two lanes were shut and there's a policeman standing and in the third lane he said that a truck driver was driving past videoing the accident on his phone and the driver said, no, my sat-nav had fallen off the windscreen. I was sticking it back on. So it went up to court and the court said that the policeman was, if the policeman's word is he was on your phone, then you are on your phone. thats it. You don't have any leg to stand on. And they said, in any case, it doesn't matter if you weren't on, if we can't prove that you're on your phone, because if you were moving, if you admit that you were messing with your sat-nav, it means you were not in appropriate control of the vehicle. So you got three points for it and a £1,000 fine. And I don't know if you no. could... Well, that's the thing. I mean, three points is three points. It's not the end of the... If he's been on his phone, then three points is a very good outcome. If he's not been on his phone and genuinely just attaching the sat-nav, you know, it's frustrating. Um, But uh, a £1,000 for going up in court for that, that's a a sore one to take.
1: Ah, it's a big one.
0: So you've got to watch because the police do drive about and if they see somebody doing something in a cab or something like that all they need to do is report you for it they don't need to submit anything the word of the policeman uh, stands up in court so if you're like sitting with your oven on the top of the dash making toast or something and they see you do it and that's all they need which is worth bearing in mind so it's gone up to court I don't know if he's taken it to court because if the guy has said you were on your phone then it would be an automatic fixed penalty of six points so, for you yeah. to get it down yeah. to three and say you were on your sat nav, you would have to take that to court. Uh-huh. When they've happened with a thousand pounds anyway. So, yeah, that's a bit of a bit of a dull one. I mean, I would never video anything going past an accident site. Well, no, anyway. No, if he was
1: on his phone, he's you know, and he deserves it. But
0: the second story yeah. that I noticed was the lorry driver uh, who put his container on the side on the A14. Did you see the video of it?
1: No, no, I didn't know.
0: Yeah, he goes round the roundabout and he's going, up, he's going a bit fast like for having a container because obviously you don't know what's in the container necessarily. You don't know if it's been all loaded to the back or if it's loaded tall so your centre of gravity in it. So he goes flying round the roundabout and it ends up on its side, which would have been bad enough, but it ends up on its side leading, leaning on some railings, having scattered debris onto the road below. Mm. So he got nine points for that, putting his truck on its side on the roundabout. And a fair amount of fines as well for it, because apparently, like, lots of people had missed a Rod Stewart concert and everything, and it had caused a great deal of convenient inconvenience to everyone.
1: I'd have probably given him a medal for that, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I saw one... a picture of Rod Stewart this week online. Just on oh, that subject, and he's there with Penny Lancaster, bless her, and he looks like her mother. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that picture. It, He's I don't wearing know, like a.
0: But, le- but by all means, listeners, go and have a look.
1: He's wearing like a cream leisure suit with a cr- like a giant crucifix on a chain round his neck, and he, he looks like well, my nan really. She looks like she's helping him across the road. And it's it's her grandma. Well,
0: you can't say anything apart from the relationship hasn't lasted a long time. That must have been about twenty years.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been a it's been a long time that one. So she's um, obviously loves a little fella.
0: Moving on, final part. Uh, the Stralis is arriving, and well, I was supposed to go and I was going to go and drive to Sutton today to go for a meeting tomorrow in the office. But since I've had all this advice about Corona stuff and the fact that I've driven about five thousand miles in the last two weeks, I've said I'm just going to go and phone into the meeting and reduce my carbon footprint. But tomorrow night I'm driving down to Durham and I'm going to pick that truck up. And I'm going to drive it for three days and then I'm going to bring it to you on Friday. Right. So you have that truck from Saturday for a whole week to go and give it a thorough bit of testing and things. So I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it, although we're into the third week of four in the schedule and Truck and Driver with new production staff who are still learning the ropes. So I'll probably regret this, but I think in, in situations like that, you're just as better going, on. Oh, you know what the hell, with I'm going to go and do it. So I've got all my, yeah. I've got all my, Tramping cat looked out and on the floor in the living room to go out tomorrow. so Well,
1: I'm prepared. Um, you're prepared. I'm fully prepared. I was um, creeping around Cheshire on Saturday afternoon, gathering up new body panels from a, from a certain mister in the forest. So I've got new headlight panels and this and that for uh, the old girl to go into the paint shop next week. And uh, Saturday, I'll be pulling bonnets and corner panels and bumpers and headlight panels off. Foden and getting those in next week for painting while we give this IV code down good thrashing.
0: Yep, sounds good to me. Yeah, that'll be a and yeah, that sound that. So I obviously there was a bit I'd wanted to mention just the last thing as well. I was we probably won't go into this issue, but I'd been talking about. Well, I'll just mention it briefly because we we mentioned the the four ninety Scania engine because you have been hmm. given some consideration of what you might replace the Foden with, or yeah. not, as the case may be, with the economic uncertainty ongoing but i asked some people on facebook about the 490 and i said what do you think of it and two people came back and said it's a complete bucket of crap it uses too much fuel it's no good at all and two people came back and said they're absolutely fantastic pull like a train and they're better on fuel than the 450 <coughs> so that was absolutely no use whatsoever i'm now yeah. more confused and we were at the start
1: <laughs> one man's fish is another man's poisson as they say um I don't know anybody with the 490 i've asked around i don't know anybody I, it all. was
0: only I, was like, I only got like seven comments and on the, on the thing yeah. i mean i put a post up saying shows your volvo fh and i got like a hundred comments and right. they are they are rare and i was speaking to somebody else who's like the 490 saying is that not a, like an old v8 and i'm like no no it's a euro six they'd never even heard of mm.
1: it <laughs> you have to ring travis perkins and that massive rdc at um at warrington and say so. it's ranking here from truck and driver. I'd like to speak to your transport manager, but um, I and mean, then get into their fleet manager and say, "Tell us about four nineties because they've got well they had. I don't know if they still have, they? but they had dozens yeah, and dozens of them. Plain white, top line four nineties. They had loads on their. Uh, I remember that, Warrington. Yeah, I remember trunking. They yeah, oh.
0: they'd be trunking up and down when I was doing it for uh, Drummonds and Gilmore's and all that. And I was like, could you something? That's all right for a trunk motor. They must have got like yeah. quite a decent deal." Deal on them, that's got a not bad bit of spec on it to have a top line as I think, well.
1: I think Matt Waller, the other day, the chap with a new Fell Felbinder tank from Hanson's, I think he mentioned that maybe... Um, what's that crew over at Widness?
0: Yeah, I think I know the I mean, one you mean, yeah, because I, I, that drum truck, yeah, truck... A&M? Yeah, the truck came from there that's on the cover of this issue, yes.
1: A&M have got loads of these 490s, he, he thinks, in their yard. He said they've got more fleet spec scaniers over that fence waiting for new homes, 450s and 490s and the like. Mm. So they, they might tell you. But I mean, they might not as well as sell they're selling st- them.
0: They're still going to have a load of fleet spec scaniers in six months or a year's time, whatever, as well. So there's no really. Oh. But I, I had a chap who I need to contact back an owner driver who got in touch because he's got an S500 and he was getting rather concerned about the residuals on it. Mm. Um, and it does because the, the traditional English Scania has been cast iron residuals, and I'd say that's definitely the case with a V8. They've, they've yeah. been so successful with the big fleet sales of the six-cylinder that it's a bit, yeah. I think there may be tremendous bargains to be had at Euro
1: 6 with some of those. I think you might be right, because people have paid that much money for S500s, hundred and twenty four grand a throw. It's V8 money, oh, it's old-school V8 money for a mm. six-pot. I will be circling like a shark waiting to see what they're worth at three years old, those S500s. Because that thing I uh, I took out and reviewed for you for the magazine was a delightful vehicle. Everything about it, I could not fault that thing. And I wasn't, as you probably remember, even remotely interested in Scanias before that. Not not one bit. And I was, I was determined to hate it. But by the time I'd driven from Barnsley to Wakefield in 12 minutes, I was, I'm keeping this.
0: Mm -hmm. They're very torquey, so they brought that 540 out, so the Stavros 969 had been out driving one this week, the Mm -hmm. YouTuber, and that's got 540 horsepower and 2,700 newton meters of torque, so I'd imagine you'll be seeing quite a lot of them soon, although I'd imagine it's it's probably, I don't think it's necessarily going to take sales away from the guys that are buying 650s. But it's probably, a lot of guys that have bought 500s will probably be thinking my next one will be a 540.
1: Yeah, do you, know where the price are? do you know where the price is with a 540? Because the 650 isn't that much dearer than the S500. That's what I can't quite understand. Why well is the S, well, well the S500 in 62 spec, it, well, in fact, that one I had, that demo, was listed at 124,000 in the 650s. Granted, it's only a four-wheeler, this one, but the six fifty that I know about is 139. So there's not Mm. that much difference. If you have an extra lift axle in it's going to put another five grand on, perhaps. But even so, you know, the price differential between six cylinder and v8 isn't that big. Somebody had made a point, said, you know, is the
0: 540 six cylinder going to mean that the 520 V8 no longer exists? And I'm like, Mm. not necessarily. Maybe in the UK, but in other markets and things, people all still want that engine are yeah, still going to, yeah. you know, a 520 V8 is a very, very unstressed engine, whereas a 540 13 litre, I'm not saying that it's stressed, but it's at the top end of its power yeah. scales, so I would imagine it'll probably Aye. still, it'll probably still chip away in certain certain applications anyway. But so uh-huh.
1: I wonder how stressed a 570 13 litre Ibico is, <laughs> I, I don't how know how stressed but... I can make it next week.
0: I don't know because I've not encountered anybody who's um, well I've run one and put a, a great deal of miles on one yet because it's a fairly mm. recent thing and they're fairly uncommon. So it would be interesting to see how they get on. As I said, I'd spoken to Bob Beach and he reckoned the things were flying machines, and yeah, it should be good. Mm. But I, I don't think there'll be too many. There's not too many trucks that behave like that, so it'll be really interesting to see how it does. Mm.
1: I'll be confusing Ipswich when I ring up next week, and I'll be asking for heavy loads, and like, "I'm sorry." Yeah, I'd like the heaviest you've got, please. Yeah.
0: Well, I that, uh, if I'm running it for all of us, then it's going to be, I'll probably get sent straight into Edgar at Hexham, so that'll be like 43 tonnes anyway. So I'll be heavy for the three days I've got that. So yeah, it should be good. Yeah. Let's sign off on this now, and I shall catch up with you in person at the weekend, and maybe we can record the podcast live.
1: My heart is skipping beats at the thought of having you in our yard again. Wonderful. <sighs> Cool. Right. Catch you later. I shall bid you good evening.
0: Right. I am delighted to have with me on the Trucking Driver podcast today, Charlie from Truckmate UK, which is a truckers group that does a lot of good things and has some exciting developments in store for 2020. Welcome to the show, Charlie. Thank you very much, again. Welcome to be here. Thank you very much. Tell us all about how Truckmate uh, first got established.
2: Well, back in 2015, I was in part of several trucking groups, and obviously, we're all truck drivers and we know what we do and what we get up to. I sent a joke. It wasn't sexual, it wasn't racist, and I got kicked off a truck group just for saying this joke. And I went to another truck group, said the same joke, and I got banned again. Did you try I it off time? I said, Why have I been banned? And they said, Well, we had a serious truck group with serious issues that we want to resolve in the industry. So I thought, well, I can't carry on like this. So I thought, best way is to create my own truck group. I enlisted the help of a young lady called Heidi. She's a truck driver, drives for Ben and bargains. And I asked, rung her up. I asked her if she'd like to create a group and come, with, you know, come with us. And she agreed. And she said, oh, how many is this? She well, just me and you for starters. And it started, and then we just grew and grew and grow, And now, within four years, we're two 5,688 members in Truckmate care.
0: Well, that's good. So, to begin with, it was a place where you could go and tell your, your jokes without fear of getting banned.
2: Absolutely. Uh,
0: so, how did things come about? Because you're quite well known now for your uh, charitable work. How did that start to come about, your sort of desire to do good things?
2: Well, in 2017, one of our members by the name of James Pink, he had a premature son. They basically gave him hours to live. And he was transferred to Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital in London. And basically, they managed to save his life. And James rung me up saying, as a truck grow, is there anything that we could possibly do to raise money for... Great Ormond Street and show his appreciation. And then, being a truck driver, the only thing I could possibly think of was do a truck pull. And so, we did our very first truck pull at the Stockyard Lorry Park back in 2017. And we raised just over three and a half thousand pounds by raising by doing a truck pull at the Stockyard. And then, we enjoyed the lads and the boys and girls from Truckmate UK enjoyed it so much. We decided that we'd do it another year. And then in 2018, we did it for the British Heart Foundation, doing the same things, various truck pulls at various truck trucking events, such as Truck Fest, First Truck Gathering, and various other ones. And we managed to raise £10,500 for the British Heart Foundation. Last year, 2019, we decided that we'd do it for Macmillan Cancer Support, and also to two defibrillators for two lorry parks, one being the Red Lion at Northampton and the other one being the stockyard. And we managed to raise £6,500 just by doing truck pulls, really.
0: Can you, explain truck to, right. can you explain to the listeners what a truck pull is and how exactly it works?
2: Well, we we get donated uh, some of the stuff we got with harnesses, uh, the shackles, stuff we made we we asked being cheeky we asked and so like the companies that's helped us out would they like to donate you know the various equipment you need to pull a truck i think the first one we did was a lad called Neil Ashworth. his truck was a Kenworth Peterbilt
0: so just to, that, just to clarify this is you this is people physically pulling a truck getting harnessed into the front and you pull it
2: absolutely oh yeah it's just pure willpower, strength, that's all it is. Obviously to pull a Kenworth, which weighs probably about 8.5 ton. we did it in Stockyard and that took some doing because it was in that, on that particular day, the sheer heat was horrendous. And we managed to pull it, so I think we it about eight times around the Stockyard. By that day we knew we'd just pulled the, uh, the iconic truck that used to belong, believe it or not, to Mr. Burt Reynolds himself.
0: Uh, uh, was that the truck that was at Convoy in the park last year when I spoke to you? Yes, the you video? did, the white one. That's right. So what happens with the truck pull and How many of you you do it? Do you get like 20 people and they all just line up and pull it? Or is it like two we, or three of you? Well, we
2: start with, we actually ask volunteers. We actually get people from the truck media to come and join us, get involved and do their bit. Uh, sometimes we don't always work like that. We actually, like mem- some of the members of the public, when they see us, they come along and say, Is there anything we'd like to help A pull a truck? And we obviously, we've got disclaimer farms and stuff like that we need because we can't expect anybody who's got um, any medical issues, we don't ask them to pull a truck because it is quite demanding and it is quite physical. So, anybody who's got a heart issue or weak bones, kneecaps, arms, we ask them not to pull. And they come along, we get them all harnessed up. We've got uh, many guys that know how to harness people, the guys up. And we just physically, Pull, with brute strength. That's all it is—just pure willpower to pull a truck.
0: Hmm. Now, you've helped um, a number of good causes already. So, what's the plans for 2020? What do you have lined up for TruckMate UK? In
2: 2020, we are raising money for Make a Wish. Now, I'm sure many people out there know what Make a Wish do. But those that don't, we are raising money as uh, many several thousands of pounds to grant the wishes of terminally children, or if not critically ill children, and give them some money, and fulfil their dream. Maybe the money would go towards going to Orlando, Florida, going to Paris, Disneyland, anything they want, if we can help in any way, us truck drivers, we will do our very best, and raise the money, and give them that little bit, that smile on the parents, and on the child. That's our goal in 2020.
0: A fantastic cause. So, what do you have um, lined up? Because I believe you've got a truck show lined up. And um, are you doing a few appearances with the truck pulling? Do you have that sort of lined up? What's happening?
2: We are on the Friday, the Saturday, and Sunday, 12th, 13th, and the 14th of June at the Stockyard. We have arranged our very own truck show. It's like a miniature truck fest, but on a smaller scale because of the size of the playground we've got but we are hoping to raise p- probably next to over £10,000 for Make-A-Wish Um we want to get the people involved the general pe- oh, the people or the people of Rotherham involved Maltby and the various and also some stunning trucks to turn up and give us a show really
0: yeah I believe yeah Chris is good Chris and I are coming along with that one so
2: that'll be good it's- how
0: many tr- how many trucks are you expecting to get in and what sort of um, other features do you have at it well we
2: we're expecting over in the region over nearly 200 units stunning trucks to turn up we've got a live action arena we have got uh, a rollover of a unit and trailer scenario and we're gonna get it right uh, and give uh, the people that turn up show them how uh, full recovery is taken you know it's performed under control environment
0: well, that would be good. It would be good if you can get the word out to the sort of local community and you can get you can engage with the sort of school kids and just your, your general public and everything, you know, they can they can see that truck drivers are nice, considerate people. That'll be a that'll be a good thing. And obviously raising money is always good as well. Uh, oh,
2: absolutely, you know. Um, we don't do it for glory. We just wanna us truck drivers and we just wanna make a bit of a difference because i I'm sure you know, uh, we get slagged off, to power's fault. You know, taking up the room, doing this, doing that. But we're not all bad. We're all, we have some good truck drivers. We just want to make a bit of a difference, really, uh, Dougie, if that's what you know what I mean.
0: You well, know, as a, anything that can improve the sort of image of the industry and uh, paint it in a positive light. I've got Google Alerts set up on my phone, which tells me news stories every time lorry, HGV truck comes up. And they're always... They tend to be negative stories, and there's a lot of difficult stuff in the press at the moment about um, trucks being broken into and oh, just everyone. So you know, some good news stories and some positivity is always good. But um, I mean, going back to TruckMate UK, that's quite yeah, it's a fairly um, unique group. You've got some um, unusual policies on on the page and things with your um, what is it? You have a, a point system for breakdowns and something else for <laughs> good something else for good deeds, I believe.
2: <laughs> we do, we do. We've got a game, I created a game called Breakdown. Basically anybody who drives a unit or truck who breaks down or and they're on the truck okay, they need to declare the points. To say we've broken down be whatever fault it is that stops them from working. And Mr we've got two judges, one called Nick Trevor Bagnall and Mr Dean Ws and they are the point givers and you get awarded points. Now, obviously, it depends on how many times you break down in a month. At the end of the month, all the points are tallied up. And whoever wins has to do a forfeit and has to do a singer song. He doing <laughs> himself for it on Truck Make Your Care. Okay, so we all laugh at him. But we're doing something special. For the next, up to June, there will some breakdowns. But we are going to perform on stage. The five people with the most breakdowns will have won going to go on stage and do a sing song all together on stage at the stockyard uh chance he took show so that should be good fun
0: a good laugh everybody yeah well if you can bring light to what's often a difficult situation and an unavoidable thing with trucks i had one of friends on facebook was a bit upset this week because he damaged something on a unit somewhere and i was like you know what it just happens from time to time it's unavoidable moving great big trucks and trailers and about the places you do in britain it's just so who is there a league? is there an annual league table for this he uh, he keeps score.
2: <laughs> yes, it, Mr. Dean DeBuse is the main man. He keeps scores of all the tallies, all the points given, and he keeps a record. And at the moment, I don't... I, I would it last year because I had the most breakdowns. not you? I oh.
0: Now, is uh, it, were yeah. those breakdowns unavoidable due to mechanical failure of the unit, or was it because you were knocking down fence posts and things?
2: No, it was... <laughs> It was just one of those things it broke down. Nothing you can do about it, you know. Even if you get a puncher, you get break mm. you get hit by points for that. It's, it sounds trivial but it's such fun we have on that. It's amazing, you know. And the camaraderie we have on that. We don't get me wrong, we do have issues on Truckmate, okay, just like any other group. But we seem to deal with it then and then.
0: Good stuff. Now, going back to all your breakdowns last year, what is it that you, you're a driver yourself, tell us a bit about what it is you drive and how you got into truck driving.
2: Well, I, <laughs> I started back in 1988. Um, I've had various jobs in my driving career and I started for a company called, I don't know you may have heard of them, it used to be called Carryfast back in 1988. Carryfast used to be a parcel career firm and they were part of the Hullfast Group. The whole fast now then became a UPS. I'm oh, sure yes. Mm-hmm. So, and I started there as a vehicle washer, washing their reps, cars, the vehicles. And then once I proved myself on the cars, I was let loose on a seven and a half tonnes, washing the vehicles. And then obviously watching the guys coming in and out, picking up a trailer, dropping a trailer, picking it up, taking it away. And I used to watch them all the time. And then they, my line manager asked me, How do you fancy tackling to decking a unit, a P93 Scania, picking up that trailer, putting it through the wash and putting it back on a bed. If you're honest, I thought, yeah, why not? And I did it on my first go. And right. they said, you're, the, and they said, you're the born natural, picking it up, hooking it up, putting it through the wash, putting it back on a bed. And they said, you, how do you fancy us putting for your class one? Which I thought, yeah, why not? Let's go for it. Not realising after nearly 28 years on, I'll still be driving and don't, even today I still love my job I still enjoy driving it just like I do have my bad days just like I never took driver, but you just have to ride the storm out enjoy what, what you do and what's in front of you
0: That's good stuff what is it you're driving at the moment what is it you do?
2: I've got a, I drive a 19 plate super space cab I drive for a company called Electrical Waste they're based in Huddersfield and we, our parent company is I'm sure you, you might know them City Electrical Factors CEF
0: Oh yes, so, yes, familiar with them. So you pick up all, what, old electrical supplies in your all,
2: DAF the, That's right, I do open down the country. What so is it? A,
0: what, is it a 480 or a 530?
2: It's a 480. 480.
0: What, what do you think of it? How do you get on with a big DAF?
2: I absolutely love it. Every time I get to play out in it, I just, a big smile on my face. I can't fault it. I've had one or two issues with it. I did break down within two days of getting it from brand new. But <laughs> yes I did believe it not, I got hammered with the points but hey that think these things happen I'm afraid but yeah uh, I love it I absolutely do
0: oh that's good that's good okay so basically Truckmate UK you can check it out that's the group that, uh, on Facebook um, a lot of fun they have got a lot of good things happening this year in terms of their charitable endeavours, and of course, the centrepiece for the year is the Stockyard Truck Show, which is taking place on the twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth of June at the Stockyard Truck Stop in Rotherham. That's We've got right. all that. Got all that right. That's right,
2: and we do have a website if anyone wants to check the website out, what's on offer. It is info at. If you don't mind me giving you don't well, of mind course. giving out
0: This you. is what. Yep, yeah, no, no. This is what we're here for. Go for it.
2: Info at Stockyard Charity Truck dot. Co. UK.
0: Brilliant. I will put the link for that in the uh, website post for this in the podcast.
2: And Truckmate, like, uh, just one more thing I'd like to add. The Truckmate is only successful with the people in you know the admin, such as Ruben, Girl, Linda, John Oliver, um, and the rest, Ross Lanson, Zoe, and obviously all the guys and girls on Truckmate. We're only successful because of them guys. You know? If it weren't for them, we won't be successful because they do help us a lot, they get the word out. And we do help, try and help each other out a lot, which we do on the road. You know,
0: Fantastic. Yep, TruckMate UK, friendly group of lads and lasses doing a lot of good stuff for charity work. Go and check them out. And of course, trucking driver will be there at the stockyard in June. Thank you very much, Charlie. I shall be um, catching up with you soon. Appreciate it. Many thanks for having me bye. on. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dougie. Just bye bye. Take care. listening to the truck and driver podcast please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode to keep up to date with the latest news 100 for drivers visit truckanddriver.co.uk where you can also subscribe to the print edition of truck and driver magazine which publishes on the last friday of every month the truck and driver podcast is produced by sound rebel to find out more please visit soundrebel.co.uk